this Westminster Property Association's first podcast, keeping WPA members in touch and engaged with Westminster whilst travel is restricted and many of us are working from home. Uh, many WPA members have contributed to the content of today's podcast and input for future podcasts is welcomed. So I'm joined today, remotely of course, by Councillor Matthew Green. Having been a councillor since only May 2018, Matthew was appointed Cabinet Member for Business and Planning in January of this year. Matthew, the last three months must have been hugely eventful for you. Firstly, taking on this role with the City Council whilst the City Plan was being renewed, and more recently in light of COVID-19 and the impact this has been having on all of our lives. I know the City Council has been working incredibly hard and with impressive results to maintain services during this time. Please, could you share with us how the City Council is supporting local businesses and residents during the crisis? Well, first of all, thank you, Olivia, and thank you to all of your members who've submitted questions to this podcast. I think it's really important at this time that we stay in touch with all our partners um, as much as we possibly can do. Uh, and that, and, and this podcast is part of that. I think you'll know, Olivia, we've been having regular dialogue with various stakeholders across the city, from landowners to amenity societies, to the business improvement districts, also the housing associations who are providing housing alongside Westminster Housing. So it's been very important for us to keep up a dialogue with our partners because uh, our partners are responsible alongside Westminster City Council in delivering the city's full potential, and that includes the recovery. So we really do need to talk to each other as much as we possibly can. So I do hope this podcast will be useful to your members. I think you're right, obviously, in saying that this, uh, when I was first appointed to this role, this was um, not quite how I was expecting the first three months to pan out. Um, but it's uh, obviously it's a big challenge for the city as a whole, the country as a whole, the world as a whole. Uh, but we're doing as much as we can. Um, I think that one of the great things that we've seen in terms of the response is the amazing level of cooperation uh, between the council, between our residents, and also with businesses, uh, including the business improvement districts that are obviously members of the WPA. Um, As you probably know, the Westminster City Council uh, put together what we call Westminster Connects, which is a group of 2,500 volunteers who are out there helping the most vulnerable residents in our societies, those who've been asked to shield by the government because of the coronavirus. So these volunteers are out there, they're they're shopping for those who are shielded or those who are vulnerable. And again, we've had great cooperation with businesses in order to deliver, in order to deliver privileged access for our volunteers to supermarkets such as Sainsbury's, Waitrose, and M&S. Um, Waitrose and M&S were also great uh, in delivering, uh, in giving the city council 600 free Easter eggs, which we delivered to uh, the those who were being shielded over the Easter weekend, and those were really appreciated. I know it's a small gesture, but I think that when I know for me, uh, um, I think for all of us, isolation is tough. But when you really can't go out at all, um, just the gesture of having someone bring an Easter egg round to you was really appreciated by those residents in Westminster of Shielding. Um, I, you know, there are all sorts of other initiatives uh, in in the ward that I represent, which is Little Venice. We're working with our uh, one of our local delis on Clifton Road, Raoul's. Always give a shout out to Raoul's. Um, and they've been providing 
portions uh, of soup, which we've then been taking to St. Mary's to help people in the NHS. So I think that the, for me, what has been uh, uh, is a great, it's just the, the very high level of response and also the way that the council has been able to be a, a, a bridge between our citizens and also businesses. Um, and that for me has been an absolutely uh, fantastic part of, this has been the silver lining to the cloud that we're all under at the moment. It's been great. Thank you for that. And yeah, Westminster Connect is, is an amazing thing that's been put together by the council. And um, for anyone that's interested, WPA members in, in supporting that, uh, details are available on, on the council's website. So Matthew, in, in particular, if we turn to um, property and the Westminster Property Association, over the last 32 years, the WPA and its members have been working with the council on matters affecting the built environment in Westminster, in particular planning. So how are Westminster's planning services um, continuing during government restrictions and what changes have you had to make to them? We're hoping uh, that the planning services as much as, as, as much as possible, as close as possible to business as usual. Um, now, of course, we're not able to conduct the vast majority of site visits. So obviously some of the new applications that are coming in will, will not be able to progress uh, because of the inability to conduct site visits. But we have uh, most of our planning officers working remotely. We're processing planning applications. And on Tuesday, we had our first ever uh, virtual planning uh, um, committee meeting, uh, which was chaired by Councillor Rigby. And that, that went extremely well. Um, I don't know whether, any of, whether you or any of your members were able to log into the live stream of the event, but um, I watched the, the whole thing uh, from home. Um, uh, and I, for me, it was an ex it was a very similar experience to a normal planning uh, committee meeting. So I think that it worked extremely well. The only uh, issue that we've had is that we've had to suspend public speaking in planning committee meetings. I think that just because of the the, the difficulty of making that work technically and wanting to ensure that everybody had equal access to uh, uh, to the planning process. So by um, limiting um, ourselves to written representation. I think that that's created a, a level playing field. I don't want somebody uh, not to be able to dial in through um, through a lack of technology. So uh, we've we've kept it just to the committee members and the and the officers who are presiding or presenting in that particular committee meeting. And certainly Tuesday's meeting worked extremely well. We've reduced the, uh, the, the, the number of planning committee meetings that we're having. So uh, we're now on a fortnightly basis rather than uh, a weekly basis. But with the suspension of public uh, speaking, we're able to get through the application slightly faster. We're also um, taking advantage of, of as, as many delegated powers as we can so that the decisions can be made by officers where possible without having to go to committee. We think that way that when when uh, this is all over that we shouldn't have too much of a backlog. The backlog will only be with those site visits that we weren't able to uh, to carry out during during the pandemic. Thank you. So um, if we just go back to the number of the meetings that you referred to earlier, um, I know I've, I've been fortunate enough to attend those uh, meetings with landowners. And um, in those meetings, we talked about the help that Westminster is giving to the business community. Um, and I wondered if you wanted to take this opportunity just to share with WPA members um, how you're helping the business community and possibly how um, WPA members can also support those communities 
you know, using local shops and, and other, other restaurants or takeaway delivery services that are open. But perhaps you can explain some more. Well, obviously, that this is a big challenge for businesses. And I think that, first of all, what the government has put together is, uh, it, especially in such a short period of time, is a great package for, for the majority of businesses. I realise that, uh, that, that it doesn't necessarily cover all our businesses, but I, um, especially as in Westminster, we have men, many fewer uh, properties that are of a rateable value of less than 51,000 than you would have elsewhere in the country. So not everybody has access to grants, but um, of the 5,000 grants that Westminster is uh, needs to deliver to businesses, we've already managed to get out of the door um, 3,000 of those grants, which is tens of millions of pounds going directly to business. So we, we hope that that will help a lot of our small uh, and uh, medium enterprises to 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 push through the crisis. You know, Westminster is a landlord and a developer, so we have a lot in common with uh, a lot of the WPA's uh, members. What we've done um, with our commercial tenants is that we've offered them a three month uh, three months rent free, not just not just a holiday or deferral for those that really have been forced to close. Um, such as uh, um, restaurants or, or other establishments that the government has said can no longer operate. We've given them th- um, three months rent-free. We've uh, extended the same offer to our market stalls as, uh, as well. Um, and what we're trying to encourage all landowners uh, uh, to, to work with their tenant, be that finding a way, um, uh, if, not, if it's not possible to, to, to offer that, rent for free but to find a way of deferring uh, payments or drawing down from from deposits i think we need uh, we all need to offer the maximum amount of flexibility to our businesses um, at this time Um, and at uh, at the same time we've also been lobbying the government to um, promote financial flexibility which would allow um, landowners to, to, to pass on those benefits to their, to their tenants uh, at the same time. Because, you know, we, when we come out of this, we really need to, we, we want to still have the same vibrant economy that Westminster has always had. You know, we want to continue to grow with responsible growth and uh, sensitive development. Uh, and I think without, uh, so this, we need to make sure that the businesses come through the, unso- uh, the other side of this relatively unscathed. Um, in terms of what we're doing to promote uh, local businesses, we have a, we're, we're putting together already on our website through Westminster Connects. We've uh, put on a map there on, of all the various community organisations, um, as well as where people can access pharmacies and supermarkets. We want to try and put a, a map there of all the, the businesses that remain open to encourage people to use their local businesses. Um, as uh, you and your members probably already know, it's now a permitted development right to be able to offer um, hot uh, uh, takeaway um, and we would encourage uh, um, as many members, as, uh, as many restaurants or pubs who are able to do that uh, to, to exercise that permitted development right. Currently, we've only had one application uh, in the whole of Westminster, which was for 11 branches of Nando's. So Piri Piri lovers can uh, uh, still have access to their, um, to, to their favourite chicken uh, uh, by takeaway. So that's good. But we would want 
I, I recognize it's not always uh, possible to, to deliver takeaway at scale, but I think that uh, while that permitted development right is, is there, it, uh, businesses should try and take advantage of it. We're also, I don't know whether you and your members know, but we, we run for businesses a pop-up business school um, uh, at various sites across the borough each year. One of the things that we're about to do is to do an online pop-up business school, which will help businesses to improve their um, their online offer. I think one of the one of the things that the that is that that you know the economy is going to be completely different when we come out of the other side of this. And one of the things that is going to be really vital for all businesses is e-commerce. Um, I think that uh, already we saw the high street under. Um, under a lot of pressure from online retailers. Um, uh, but now I think that uh, the, the, the coronavirus crisis will, will mean that, that uh, you having just a physical presence will, will no longer be enough. People will really need to develop that e-commerce side. So already we want to start um, helping businesses to uh, improve their online presence. And I think that that, again, is, is, is start the first steps towards our supporting the recovery. Thank you. Um, and I'd like to reiterate, I know many WPAM members are working with their tenants and are aligned with the council in working with those tenants with a view to ensuring that, you know, as many businesses come through this in a stronger position as possible when we, uh, when we emerge from the lockdown. So um, as our thoughts turn towards emerging from the current restrictions, suggestions are being made as many in the press as to how we move forward. And in response to COVID-19 and other key priorities such as sustainability and the environment, and Westminster Property Association are keen to work with the City Council going forward. What, how, how, would you, how would you envisage that longer term coordination might work? And what opportunities do you see for us working with you to achieve the City for all ambitions together? Well, as I've said from the beginning, you know, we really are all partners in uh, in untapping uh, the the potential of, of Westminster and we really do need to have that collaborative approach um, I think that as already before the coronavirus um, uh, pandemic started we'd talked uh, with the WPA um, about working together on how we can improve sustainability in development um, and as you uh, probably know, certainly when uh, the new leader, Rachel Robethon, made her speech to the WPA, one of the core elements of what we want to do in terms of, this, of, uh, uh, of developing properties in the city is ensuring that they are sustainable and that this responds to the climate emergency that the council has called. Um, so it's uh, we, we have something, we have a virtual meeting in the diary on that with the uh, um, those leading on the WPA's sustainability strategy, and we'll be wanting to uh, have your input on the sustainable, on the supplementary planning document on um, uh, climate change and sustainability. That will be an additional document to our city plan as and when that uh, is finally um, approved by the Secretary of State. So the, this is something that we've we wanted to do even before. Uh, the, the 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 pandemic, uh, and I'm sure that it's something that we will we will already start talking about, and will take forward relatively swiftly in partnership. Uh, yeah, that's brilliant to know. And I 
one of the things that has impressed me about the sustainability work that's been done is that it's been very collaborative. And one of the you know silver lining that we talked about is I think that there will be more collab- collaboration going forward. I think that's something that lots of people agreed on. And I've got a few questions that have come from other members of the WPA that I'd like to ask you now, Matthew. So first of all, from, from the board, um, as you will know, we've written um, letters to um, MHCRG regarding planning. Um, and what are, your, what, are, what are your views on that letter to MHCRG, which is an automatic extension for request for automatic extension of planning permissions, greater planning flexibility to support future development and bringing forward use class changes to, to, to support innovation retail, in retail? Well, thank you to you and the board for the question and also for writing um, to the Secretary of State on these issues because they're important issues. You know, there's a, there's a lot to like in the letter that you've written. And I think that flexibility is going to be a key word um, in all aspects of planning and development from, from here on in. But it, it depends on what we mean by, by flexibility. I think on terms of the, in terms of the extension to the, uh, um, to the permitted development, uh, we, you know, we, we've seen that in Scotland they've extended uh, that automatically for a year um, and we'd be broadly supportive if the government wanted to do that here. Obviously, it's not something that we can do ourselves as a, as a blanket um, uh, response, but uh, not not at least on existing planning uh, applications, uh, planning commissions. Sorry, um, but the I think we can. Um, I think that if the government would introduce something similar to Scotland, um, we would be supportive of that. Um, however, it, you know, if there are applications that are are running out, um, we there are there are, within the existing rules. It's it's it's. There are provision, there's provision to extend planning permission to apply for variation of conditions. That's something that we can do without a site visit uh, for the most part. So um, even during lockdown, we would be able to, to process those applications. So if you do have members who have uh, planning applications that are, are running up against a deadline, please do apply for those variation of conditions. Um, and we would be as supportive of that as we possibly can be. You know, I think that uh, about in terms of supporting future housing delivery, um, I, I, I understand that you want more flexibility uh, in terms of development, but we need to really understand what that means. Um, you know, we absolutely cannot reduce our commitment to affordable housing now more than ever. Um, I think that the last time we had a global pandemic was, you know, in, in, that was just before we promised to build homes fit for heroes. Um, and I think now we've been relying so much on these key workers, uh, the, the, these key key workers in the not just in the NHS, but in providing us the, these services, the people who deliver our foods, the people at the checkouts in supermarkets. And it, it's really important that that we that we provide decent homes at, at fair prices. So affordable housing is absolutely crucial here. And, and we cannot see a watering down of that. If, if, if anything, we should be looking at how we can strengthen it. Um, and you know, I also see that the, uh, the, in the letter, there's a, there's a request uh, to potentially defer SIL payments. And again, as a council, we have the power to do that. Um, and uh, we would, you know, on a case-by-case basis, we could look at whether um, if, if, uh, a developer had, you know, was really up against it, had 
um, terrible problems with cash flow. It's something that we can we could consider. But you have to also remember that the C in SIL stands for community, um, and the the development. You know, we all know, as I said, Westminster is is both a landlord and a developer. Development is is disruptive, um, and you kind of need to build trust with the community. Um, and still is still is an important part of that. Um, Section 106 is important, an important part of that. Remember, for Section 106, there's, it plays a large part in providing uh, money towards improving employment opportunities. And, and that's also something that, that, again, now more than ever, is going to be absolutely crucial. So flexibility, yes, but we, we do have to remember that the challenges that we, that we, that we face um, uh, many of the challenges that we faced before the crisis are only going to get bigger. So we have to make sure that what we're delivering in terms of housing, in terms of uh, co community infrastructure level, level uh, levy, and in terms of Section 106, is, is, is suitable to meet these new challenges. Thank you. And, and I just want to take the opportunity to, you mentioned the planning extensions um, in our call with uh, other landowners earlier in the week, and we will be passing that on to our members. Um, I'd also like to reiterate, and I suppose this is particularly from my personal point of view in, you know, my role at Dolphin Living, which is about providing affordable housing for key workers. Our ask on the Section 106 variations wasn't about reducing the amount of affordable housing, but it was um, about making sure that um, schemes remain deliverable despite the economic uncertainty that we're likely to, we're facing at the moment and we're likely to face as, as we emerge from the current situation. Um, and we're absolutely committed to working with Westminster and other local authorities to deliver the affordable housing that key workers need. Um, Matthew, I've got another question, which is from Robin Prince, who's part of our WPA Next Gen Committee. Um, it's really impressive how the City Council have reacted so quickly in hosting their first virtual planning meeting, uh, committee meeting. Um, how will the City Council use this time to reflect on the proposed policies in its city plan in light of the economic impacts of COVID-19 and potentially amend them to enable greater flexibility so businesses can recover in the future whilst ensuring good growth? Well, um, as, uh, as you probably know, uh, the city plan is uh, in its inspection phase and it's, in the exam it's currently being examined in public. So the inspectors themselves are giving us lots of questions on which we need to reflect. So reflection is something that we're, that we're doing quite a lot of. Um, as you also probably know, the, this, um, while the, the hearings for the city plan um, will likely be uh, delayed um, or at least won't take place until the autumn, the, uh, the examination does continue and the inspectors are still working. So we've, we've had a number of questions and we've responded to them. I think in terms of making substantial changes to the plan, I, I don't think it's, it's the right time to do that. Although I, I all do realise that the post-COVID world that we will emerge into will present new challenges, as I've already said. Um, I, I do think that we need to get the, the, the city plan uh, as it stands at the moment, um, approved, um, and just to remember that it is a living document. Um, also, we've tried to develop the city plan to be um, a much more adaptive document. So hopefully that what we have is, is, fit, is fit for purpose um, uh, before anybody, you know, uh, as, is just as fit for purpose 
as it was before COVID as it, and as it will be after COVID. Um, so we do hope that by having this more adaptive approach that we will have a robust city plan um, that will work in this new environment. I think that trying to start again and to go back to the drawing board will just delay things unnecessarily. We, we want this new city plan, we need this new city plan, and that's because the, the old city plan is not fit for purpose. We want to be able to uh, we want to be able to be delivering planning decisions based on a plan that is right for the city. Um, and so for that, we need to persevere. We need to get the plan approved and then we'll adapt it to the emerging context. So I, I think that answers one of my two final questions, which come from Chiara Daffy, who's another WPA Next Gen Committee member. And, we, and one of her questions was, has, has this pandemic affected the city full goal or budget to deliver 1,850 new affordable homes by 2023? And I'm thinking from what you just said, the answer is no, that goal still stands. Uh, the goal still stands and we're already, uh, we're already ahead of, uh, of that target. We think that we'll be able to deliver um, over 2,000 uh, affordable homes by 2023. Uh, as I've said a couple of times already, we're, we're a big uh, developer ourselves um, of, of, of housing. And I think that some of the, uh, you know, some of the plans that I've seen for, for Church Street and, and Ebury Bridge are really impressive. We have uh, small infill sites such as um, Parsons North, I think it's now called, now called Venice Court, which is in my own ward. So I think that the council's own development, developments will go a long way to, uh, to delivering a lot of that affordable homes target. But again, it's back to what I said about being um, privileged partners in delivery. We need together to deliver responsible growth. And that includes meeting the, uh, the, the affordable homes target. And, and I think um, Westminster, um, Westminster's priority that they've already given to providing intermediate rental housing alongside social housing, um, has shown, which is homes for key workers, has shown them to be sort of ahead of the curve in their thought process at this, this point in time. You know, we now know that that key worker housing, which you and, and myself, Adolphin, have been promoting for some time, is, is desperately needed. And um, the final question I've got for you, Matthew, is... Um, how is the City Council supporting the homeless community during this crisis? Um, we've heard a lot in the press about how that community has been affected and how, um, you know, in order to protect them, we need to provide them with homes during this point. Um, absolutely. I think that it's uh, obviously we had a great challenge in, in getting the rough sleeping population um, off the streets because clearly it was a big risk to the, to that rough sleeping population. and. Um, and others for them to remain uh, sleeping outdoors. And uh, we've, we've had a great response. Um, we uh, have been able to put the majority of our, um, of the rough sleeping population into hotels. Um, we, we have 230 people who've been put into hotels in Westminster and um, uh, outside the borough as well. Um, we're working with them to, to keep them fed uh, I, again, I was talking about uh, great cooperation between the council, citizens and business. Um, so if you've ever been to Westminster uh, City Hall, our canteen on the 19th floor is run by a brilliant organisation called Unity Kitchen, which helps get those with uh, special education needs and disabilities into the workplace. Um, obviously, the canteen's closed at the moment, 
Um, but we've been using that canteen facility to prepare 900 meals a day for the homeless population. And we did that in, in, in partnership with business. So, for example, uh, when McDonald's closed all their restaurants, they, um, they had a certain amount of fresh uh, food and drink left over. So they had the lettuce, the tomatoes, the milk, um, and we collected that. And we put those into meals from, from, the, from the homeless. Um, we, um, uh, the Barclay Hotel is now um, producing meals from the homeless. Um, uh, Claridge's have donated toiletries um, that can be used for the, for the homeless. And we worked with the Heart of London Business Association uh, to provide mobile phones so that we could stay in, in contact with the rough sleeping population so that we made so it's it's all well and good getting people off the streets we have to keep them off the streets and and in order to do that we need to make sure that the that they have a welcoming environment in terms of of where of either the hostels or the hotels um where where they're living but also that that we're providing them with with good nutritious meals every day and um you know i uh, i think that uh, I would. I, I can't imagine that the Barclay Barclay Hotel is is doing doing anything other than that. Matthew, those are other fantastic idea, uh, examples of how the business community is working together and also working with the local authority, and um, during the current time. And um, I'm really grateful to you for the time that you've given to us today. Um, and want to reiterate that the WPA and our members stand to support the City Council during this crisis and that we will continue to work with politicians and officers to achieve good growth in Westminster. So thank you again for your time. Thank you to those at the WPA who have helped us put this podcast together. Um, and I hope there will be another one shortly and I hope you've enjoyed listening. Thank you. Thank you very much and hope to well, see the members again uh, at another uh, time, maybe face to face next time. That would be lovely.